Welcome to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, and that would be me. And you know, on this podcast, we like to give women courage so that they can live their big dream. We want them to play full out. We want to give you that information that you can go forward and create the second wind that you want for your life. It's about the big dreams, and it's about living your life. So welcome. I'm Joyce, and I have a fabulous guest for you today. You're going to be on the edge of your seat because my guest is Jeanette Brown. And Jeanette is an amazing woman in that she is a communication professional with more than 20 years of public relations, marketing, and branding experience. She's represented a variety of brands, including wine and spirits, luxury, sports, and entertainment, as well as a high-profile personality. So some of the brands she's, she's represented was Kittel. Am I saying that right, Jeanette? One oh, Kettle. Kettle One. Kettle One Vodka. Kettle One, yes. And Maker's Mark, just to mention a few, but she's also done Pepsi Global and Reebok. The list goes on and on. Now, she did, in her later career, of course, step up and and... She is now the founder of Excellence and Presence Communications, an integrated public creation and marketing agency providing to corporations. And I'm going to let Janelle, Jeanette tell you about her corporation and her, her life with this. But the most, <laughs> I loved her description of herself because she does. She lives in Brooklyn, and she grew up in the most interesting neighborhood, neighborhood with all diversities, and it just sounded like a party, Jeanette. <laughs> wow, that was more fun than mine. But anyway, welcome, as she will tell us about her fascinating climb to success, which she is definitely at the top of her ladder right now. So welcome, Jeanette. Thank you so much for that lovely introduction, Joyce. Thank you so much for having me. Um, definitely a pleasure to be here today. And um, and I I do think where I grew up was very much a, a party, a celebration of life, we can call it, right? Um, without me even realizing that that is what was happening around me. Yeah. Well, tell us just a little bit about that neighborhood, because I love the way you, you described it to me. But you put your twist on it because I think it's going to be a lot more exciting. <laughs> so, yeah, so I grew up in Bushwick, Brooklyn, which I think in 2021. Uh, uh, oh, sorry. That's okay. We all love our puppies. <laughs> he wants his three minutes of fame. Yes, yes. Uh, the joys of working from home, right? So, um, yeah, I grew up in Bushwick, Brooklyn, and... Um, a, it was a, a great experience because uh, it was a diverse neighborhood and um, it was a, a melting pot of cultures. And um, the, the one thing that I enjoyed a lot was that it, it felt like a community, um, a community within a community. And, um, and everyone, like as I said, was, it was kind of like a celebration when there were birthday parties and, and you know, Sunday dinner, my friends would invite me over, or I'd invite them over. And it was a great experience. And in 2016 or 17, I think Vogue had rated Bushwick, Brooklyn as one of the top 10 neighborhoods in the world. 
And I was thinking, I was like, oh my goodness. And I remember growing up and people say, you live in Brooklyn? Oh my, you know, it's a the perception is that it was a bad place and there it may have, you know, had a bit of crime and unfavorable qualities. But um, for me, it was a, a great place to grow up and learn about different cultures and also, um, and kind of explore the world through food and music and friendships. Yes, yes. Well, I, my older sister married a man from New York and moved up there and he was in Brooklyn and okay. I know it was close to the, uh, the ocean because we could see the Statue of Liberty walking around certain areas. So I had no idea where we were. Very nice. I didn't see that neighborhood. <laughs> okay. Lots of neighborhoods. In <laughs> so it sounds like I missed a really good time, but you shared with me yesterday about how early you had to start providing for yourself. Yes. And, and that came through the loss of your mom. Yes, it did. It did. Um, I was uh, going to, came home for a college break and a holiday break during the, um, the holiday season. And um, two weeks later, my mom had passed away. Um, it was totally unexpected and I thought I'd just be home and celebrate the new year and go back to school, but uh, my life had changed and I was on the path to um, pursuing a college degree and, um, and you know, kind of, I, I left Brooklyn, I, I went upstate to, to school in uh, close to Syracuse, New York, and I had a great experience there and then I came home and it's just like the real world became um, my reality in terms of, of having to fend for myself and continue my education and get a job. And it all worked out um, because I, I don't think I really dealt with what my loss at that time. I just knew that I had to get my degree. I had to finish school. I had to provide for myself and, um, and figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. But you shared also that one of the great things along your way was that you had the good fortune to have mentors that yes. kind of put it all together for you, particularly since your mother, certainly with your mother gone, you missed that loving support, but there's another type that we need to give us courage. And that is just that person that holds our hand when we're in the strange and stressful situation. Yes, absolutely. And, um, and, the interesting thing is that um, that family connection also from, you know, my, the neighborhood that I grew up in oh. and my home setting, I then went into the workforce and I found people and places that felt like home. And the best example I could give is my first job. Oh, I was in my I was 20 and all my friends were temping at temp agencies and working at different companies. And I ended up working at a PR firm. I had no idea what PR was at the time. There was no course uh, instruction. And, um, and I ended up staying there for eight years. And the, this, the recipe of that, uh, uh, it, it all working out and feeling like home was that people there were welcoming to me. Um, I felt encouraged by the CEO of the company who told me I didn't need a college degree to do PR. I just needed to be a great communicator. And, um, and they gave me opportunities to, um, to really grow and experience what public relations was outside of um, being an administrative, um, administrative support. And I was very thankful for that. And 
I felt like they were my family. And a lot of my mentors who are still around today came from that company where I worked. Ah, yes. but, uh, but when you were in school, were you studying communication or marketing or any of those? Well, no, I started in nursing. I suppose my grandmother was a nurse. My, my aunts were nurses and I was studying to be a nurse and coming home, it just changed completely. And um, I, at, uh, I, an associate's degree, I secured an associate's degree in liberal arts. And then when I went for my bachelor's all through working full-time at a public relations company, I went to school at night and I got a communications and literature degree. But at that time, communications was more about media and um, and kind of what happens behind the scenes in a newsroom and not so much public relations and marketing as we know it today. Um, so that is uh, that is how I, I I kind of got hands on experience. And I think I gave you the best example yesterday of uh when I first started in PR, there was, I spent a lot of time at the fax machine and there was one computer in the office that had the internet and that is where the interns did their work. Um, so it was very much phone calls and faxing and you know, sending pitch letters out and running back to my desk to make phone calls throughout the day to make sure people got it and were excited about the news. So that in a nutshell is, is, is how I got my start. Yeah, I, I really do think marketing is a gift if anything i have a hard time pitching me i can pitch i work for ibm and in my first job in office products okay not the computer but the office products, <laughs> which is no longer <laughs> right <laughs> you might all those pieces of equipment are at the bottom of the ocean but um it was quite amazing the difference to me in being able to sell a product versus, I mean, yes, I am a product, but still I found such a difference. And what is that all about? So um, I do think it, it is different. And um, when working with a person versus a product, and it's, uh, it is a gift when you are able to find the unique differences, nuances, or, um, or, uh, or, or great points about an individual as well as a product, because I think that's truly what you have to be looking for. You have to know who you're trying to reach, who the audience is, and what it is about yourself that is a selling point or the product that's a selling point. You know, how are you going to enhance someone's life or make them feel good, which I think at the core of marketing is that emotional connection. And that has always been the thing that, you know, I've sat in boardrooms and that's the thing that we all spend thousands of dollars in research to uncover, right? How do we connect with this consumer? How do we pull at their heartstrings? And usually it's just, um, it's, to me, it's about making a connection. And that emotional connection is one that resonates farther than anything else that you can, that you can actually do when you are looking to, to sell a product into someone and make them truly believe that it's, it's going to help their lives or enhance their, their lifestyle in some way, as well as an individual. How can that person bring value to you? Yeah. Now, before we get into some of that, because I'm curious as how you connect with some of these many very different fields that you do marketing and promoting in. But before you get there, I want you to talk just a little bit about that transition time that you went through that that projected you into your own company 
Okay. Where you had worked for 18 years, I believe, with the yes. company. Yes. Yeah. What uh, was the big wake up call or says, oh, you can do this or what gave you the momentous to move forward? So the, the motivation, so, you know, after my experience of 17 and going into um, corporate America and working for different agencies and companies, I, you know, felt as I was doing everything right, I was moving through the ranks and getting promotions and moving up and getting more responsibility. And um, in 2017, I became pregnant. And I, you know, was still traveling and jet setting around the world, even though I was pregnant. And at, um, at about eight months, I had to stop working and stay home. And during the time that I was at home and after I delivered, I realized that I had been going a million miles a minute. And it was the first time I actually had time to like sit in my home and look around and, and, you know, think about family in a different way and think about friends in a different way. And I decided to um, take some time off to spend time with my son. Um, at that time, I didn't realize that I was maybe going through uh, postpartum depression. You know, it seemed like something that happened, you know, to others or in, you know, on TV and what it felt like was, you know, a sadness, even though I was in one of the happiest moments of my life. And um, I started uh, trying to, you know, find things to keep myself busy in addition to raising my son, but knew that going back into a full-time role was impossible. And um, one of, and Alan Taylor of Alan Taylor Communications reached out to me on LinkedIn. And this is my, one of my first bosses in the PR world. And he said, I wrote a book, you should check it out. I actually included you in it. And I thought to myself, what me? Like I haven't seen Alan since 2006, it's 2017. You know, I'm just thinking what would he have possibly included uh, about me? Long story short, I, I read the book and he included a simple sentence that I think in a nutshell sums up, uh, sums up his experience and why it was, I left such an impression. And it was that I, you know, I was um, a hard working person, really smart, that I was going to school at night and I worked my way up through the ranks and that I was in his book, he wrote a successful executive at a corporation. And I'm thinking to myself, wow. And um, it, was, it was a low point for me because I wasn't really, the things that brought me joy you know, making, uh, reaching my KPIs and my marketing plans and making sure that my team had the best performance and helping the companies that I work for be profitable in that moment, none of those things were happening, but that lit a light inside of me that said, Jeanette, you can do this and you can do something different. There are people out there who believe in you, even though they're not here with you. And, um, and I found it within to to start consulting for former clients or people I, I used to supervise who said, hey, can you help me out with a project here and there? And that got me on the road to um, starting my own company. Yeah. It, you know, as soon as I feel like as soon as I formed the LLC, I started to get clients um, and more and more clients came along and I realized, wow, so you've done sports, you've done spirits, you've worked with people, you know, social media, at marketing, branding, and it just all kind of, I realized how easy it was for me to answer a question and come up with a solution for someone who was looking to do something. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess, yeah, I am good at this, right? <laughs> it was like a reminder. But isn't that funny that 
that we work so hard, we, we do all the right things, and yet we don't seem to take in our growth. We don't recognize our growth. Yes. And, and it takes just a simple little line in a book from yes. a friend that says, you are a success. Yes. It just makes the world, I mean, it just changes you. It does. It's, it's it does. Yeah. And I, I remember having a mentor, a professional mentor, someone who I met at Alan Taylor, um, Denise Vitola. She um, became a professional mentor. And I was, at the time, I was a vice president at a, a corporation. And I said, I said, I want you to coach me and help me navigate this space. And one of the questions she asked is like, what does success look like in five years? No, what do I, where do I want to see myself in five years? And I told her, um, I want to be successful. And she stopped. She said, what do you mean? In five years, successful? I said, yeah. She was like, what do you, she said, Jeanette, you don't think what you've done. And this is someone who knew me since I was 20, 21, 22. She's like, why do you not think what you've done so far is success? And I, I really had to think about it for a few weeks after we had that conversation and the light bulb went off. Even then, I said, wow, well, yeah, I, I guess you, you just, I don't know, you chase these ideas in your head and you think you're supposed to have possessions or certain things or be at a certain place and you don't realize that success is you waking up in the morning, right? And, and being able to do what you enjoy, even if that is walking in the park, yeah. right? right? It's a feeling, it's a state of mind versus, a, you know, what it looks like on TV is the best example I could give. I think so many people do just as you alluded to they think success is all about money in the bank How yes much money do you have in the bank and yes money is a reward but it's not a measure in right. so many books because i know so many really wealthy people that have <laughs> absolutely awful lives <laughs> lost their rudder they've lost yes. their value they're chasing yes. a dollar sign <laughs> yes and uh that is so big in the u.s today i think um and so anyway or the world you can say it's not just the u.s no it's but, true it's true it is the world so anyway i think it's quite amazing and and it's always worth anchoring ourselves to a book to a person that can keep us kind of <laughs> balanced, you know, yes. kind of keep and our values intact. Yes, yeah. and it's it's not always a family member. It could even be a stranger sometimes who says something to you that completely changes your perspective on on everything. It can change your mood. And so I try to move through life in, in, in being mindful and, and positive as well in whoever I encounter. Well, you know, I think <laughs> in spite of all of the tragedy that went on with COVID over the, those two years, I think there was a little secret gift that was given to us balancing our lives. It forced us to stop. Uh, I'm, you know, I was fighting and kicking all the way, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it did for me. I'm just speaking about me actually caused me to go, okay, maybe I need to look at some things. Or people started painting, or they started doing things that were outside they hadn't done. And right. I think it was really a, an interesting time of reflection. If you were not 
one of those families that was really caught up in the COVID, you know, the right. pandemic that had death and all that around them. Right. So I, I think even those, I think, I think everyone, even those people, I, I, I lost someone during the pandemic as well. It was actually my, one of my uh, oldest living relatives. She was 103. Mm. Oh, and um, yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. how special. Yes, she was 103. And I think even with loss or just having to sit at home with ourselves and reflect, I think everyone um, had some sort of experience that changed the course of their lives. Um, mm-hmm. Even if it's even if it's a perspective, you know, how they, yeah. they think about things. And um, I feel like that happened for me in 2017, which is, which is when I realized that I had actually then in that time dealt with my mother's death who had died in 1997 oh. I, it, it was it was 20 years later that I actually sat back and truly had I was like oh my goodness I had never processed this yeah and it was all because I wanted to be the best mom I could be and I knew that my feelings and my emotions I had to unpack them and understand the root of where it was all coming from. And I thought I did everything right. I, you know, I thought I showed up in the world the way I was taught and supposed to. And um, I was really happy for that moment. And I think I'm hoping that, that, you know, in, in the rare view, once this is all over, right, there's, you know, there people find joy as well, because they've had the time to, to reflect and sit down and think about things differently. Yeah. I think the grieving process is one of those processes that most of us, um, haven't been trained in (laughs) the only time we experience it is when we're in pain and so we don't always give ourselves time we don't always explore it as much but I do believe there are a lot of gifts that can come out of grieving and you know that we just need to give ourselves that time that magical time so I um I too learned it this year (laughs) this year so Yes, I'm glad. yes, I'm yes. Glad. And I love the premise of your podcast. I think I think the more we hear about these stories and you realize that what's happening to you isn't happening in a bubble. And if you can share your story and it can help change someone's mind or inspire them to think differently um, or find some peace in something um, that they've gone through, I think it's it's it is a gift. Yeah. I have to share this. Just you might want to go back and listen, but it was also for my listeners that haven't. Is a couple of weeks ago, I believe I interviewed a woman. I did, I did interview a woman who actually um, was from Atlanta, and she she and her husband at Christmas, the family came in. They all got COVID, and she, her husband, and one daughter ended up in the hospital. She lost her husband, oh my and almost died herself. But she has such a beautiful story of prayer, connection, calling for support, and miracle. And it's, it's, uh, I get chills just remembering it. Such a special broadcast. But anyway, I want to listen. listen. Yes, you, I'm going to get a tissue because I can (laughs) hardly hold it together. (laughs) It was so special. But I want to know more about your business because it is so unique and, and you're so diversified in, it seems to me, not knowing your business, but not knowing marketing business, but you, you just cover a 
a huge um, library of different types of campaigns and for clients, non-clients and businesses and corporates. So tell us. Sure. So, so today I'm working on a variety of different things. I'm, I'm working, uh, I feel fortunate. I'll back up. I feel fortunate that I have been able to walk work across so many different uh, categories because normally in PR, if you've worked in pharma, a tech or life, there's certain kind of beauty, you kind of stay in that trajectory and people don't think that you can step outside of that area. Um, I've been fortunate enough to work in the lifestyle space and sports, which has allowed me to work with talent and major campaigns. And so starting my own company was a, a great opportunity because I have worked across so many different disciplines and categories and, you know, person, place, or thing is, uh, and, and connecting those things with the intended audience has been, I think, the at the core of public relations and marketing. Um, I currently work with two authors, um, a husband and wife who have written a children's book series. And um, it's it comes from their experience of raising a child with autism. Um, both oh. parents are, are um are, you know, one is a social worker and the other is also working in a, a an area that where they, they're dealing with people who have challenges and they are the solution, the people who bring solutions to the table. So through their own personal experience, education, as well as um, being the parents of an autistic child, they wrote a book series about acceptance and differences and, and made their children superheroes. Mm -hmm. um, they have two children, one child is autistic and the other is not. And I think, uh, their story has been one of the most impactful that I've worked on in my career and being so close to a family and watching them share their experiences to help inspire change perception about autism and accepting children and parents with who are dealing with um, with an autistic child or, or someone who has a uh, some sort of disability. I think it's it's really inspirational, another inspirational story. And it's it's uh, it's one of the best and heart tugging stories that I've worked on and I've seen them help change lives and change lives. Yeah. I have also working with um, mixed martial arts uh, fighters in one championship, female fighters from all over the world who have success in the ring and outside the ring. Um, and so I'm pitching the, um, these female athletes and talking about how they are dominating the ring and, and um, on a global level and, and raising through the ranks, which is a great opportunity because it also late leans into diversity and mm -hmm. um, in a sport that has been traditionally known as a male um, dominated industry, but it's, it's definitely um, much more diverse today when it comes to men and women fighters. So, yeah. Let me ask you this question. Are you helping them market their product or put it together? So the children's books, are you helping them develop that? Are you helping with the marketing? So it's a combination. So the series, I they they wrote before they started working with my colleague and I, um, but they're they're working through concepts that are on their next round of books, which we're mm -hmm. working with them on. Mm -hmm. But we did help to promote the series. So promoting the series, helping to book them on uh, various events and opportunities where they can get their message out, help to place their books in bookstores. So it's a combination of things. We've hosted clubhouse events. 
where the, uh, the author talks about fatherhood and um, the experience of black fathers and the, also the experience of being a father of an autistic child. So there are so many different things that we focus on. So it's not just the, the product, there's, there's uh, in, you know, inspirational speaking opportunities as well as thought leadership in topics that many people aren't aware of. Yeah. Um, so that- Are you unique in this area? that you go in so many um, areas, you, you seem to be, have a broad base of support. Yes, um, and if I am not the expert, I know someone who is. And, <laughs> and the thing is, uh, I think back to fax machines, standing at the fax machines, sending pitch letters and one computer having the internet. Um, that skill set that you develop when you can't Google or you need to find an atlas to determine what the closest major city is to where an event is taking place and then you go pitch the media. Uh, PR has evolved over the years and I think the way that I've been able to keep up with it is being able to be multifaceted where it isn't a matter of um, working on one uh, just pitching, you know, pitching a product or, or an event. It's okay. So let's take a look at this. What message can we tweak that is relevant with today's cultural nuances? How do we insert a, a woman who's successful in and outside of the ring so people can actually realize that she's a mom, a human. She, you know, her fighting skills have actually helped her navigate um, education and she's become an aerospace engineer. Um, in addition to fighting in a ring, which is, uh, these women are, yeah, I feel like I've done nothing in comparison to what they do, but it, you know, it's, it's all stories that can inspire others or, you know, Clubhouse is a new digital platform that allows people to, to talk and, and um, connect with others that they normally wouldn't have crossed paths with. So exploring that on my own and then bringing clients to bring their message to that, uh, that platform and, and use that as another channel of publicity and getting the word out is, is all part of evolving with the times and, and allowing your clients to, to see value in other areas where maybe Facebook was the platform that they would normally use right. or Instagram. So it's all, you know, just kind of keeping up with what's happening. And you know what? I learn a lot of it from the interns I work with. <laughs> I work with a lot of college interns and I always say, so I know you're here to learn from me, but please tell me, how do you, you know, make this presentation or, cause those are the things I, I know what I'm really good at and I know where I could use some help. So there's right. always a, an exchange of, of learning when I work with anyone who's uh, just graduating or about to graduate. Right. So what an opportunity for an intern from you, you, we talked briefly about you get your in from college, college. Yes, yes. Yes. So um, I currently work with Rutgers University students as well as a student from Radford University in Virginia. And it's all virtual. And, and, and they know how to do work virtually because of the times that we're in, where in the past you'd have thought, no, I need to come in nine to five, sit in my office. We talk, we text. The texting is, is kind of what I struggle with keeping up with. I'm like, is this... Yeah is this a, something you want me to read? But I mean, it's, it's how they communicate, right? It's just how we, we kind of have to adapt to the times and they're like, check the link. I'm like, did you email it? No, I sent it to text. You know, it's, it's fine. It's like, yeah. okay, Janet, step your game up. Right. <laughs> you oh, it is a challenge when you're working with these young people because they're different. Yes. And, yes. and not in a bad way, but they just function differently. You know, yes. I mean, just parenting. Is yeah. a challenge these days. 
because it's all but I have another question about how do you I'm sure you have the opportunity and the great benefit of selecting your clients because they come to you and what really spurs you on to work with some somebody is it it I, you is have, you have a kind heart I can tell that you're a giver you're a supporter thank you and, oh, yes <laughs> you would be great in nonprofit. <laughs> yes yes <laughs> and um so what is it that really connects you to a project it is um it is something that you can't really measure it's usually a feeling that I get um, and, and that draws me into a project. And it's usually because I want to help someone uh, realize something, or usually it's branding, or how do they you know, create a, a selling point or sell a product or a service. And I think about all of my experience and I say, I can really help this person, right? I, and it's usually that is what makes a decision. And also feeling fortunate enough that I, I don't have any experiences from the past that were unpleasant, I know not to repeat them. So I've learned from those moments because there's some industries and some moments where it's, it's too hectic. It's, uh, and I, I feel like my time has passed uh-huh. <laughs> with chaos and, um, and, and it's okay, right? Because I, I know how to navigate it, but you know, you choose to find peace in different areas and success in different areas. And that is how I select the clients that I work with. So it's usually a feeling that I get or uh, something that I feel like we could truly be successful at. If I'm not an expert in it, I know that I can refer someone who is. So either way, I'm trying to help. Yeah. I, um, I probably would have done this in my earlier life. I'm also a nonprofit girl. Okay. And um, <laughs> I helped create a children's museum in Tyler, Texas. Wow. There were six of us and it started this dream. And I tell you, it's still an ongoing dream. You know, you know what happened to nonprofits. Yes, <laughs> They're yes. always broke. <laughs> but and your anyway, mission is ongoing. Yes, it is. Yes. Even in spite of pandemics and all of this. Right. But um, there was a time that I would like the challenge. And then there is a time when you know, no, that's not where I need to go. And I, I would assume that like all of us in our road of discovering who we are and where we really excel, do you still get the challenge, um, temptation or not? Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> I do. Um, and, um, and I usually realize that I'm, I could possibly be getting in over my head once the intensity starts to, it's usually in the discussion phase where there's excitement and they're like, okay, well, we need this yesterday. And I'm just like, okay, it's actually going to take a lot longer and you should know it's going to take a lot longer. So your expectations should not be what they are. And it's usually that moment where I think, okay, so maybe this isn't the project for me, but I know someone who is willing to, you know, stay up all day and all night and help you reach your goal. But you should also know that, it may not look the way that you envision it. And here's what you can expect. And that's the one thing that I think I am I'm completely transparent about is managing expectations of what's realistic and what isn't. Right. Um, I think sometimes people also think PR brings money. 
um, brings, you know, puts dollars into their pocket and what, you know, every placement they get, it's going to be a profitable um, return on investment. And that's usually not it. It's more about getting the word out, establishing your brand, branding yourself so people know exactly who you are. And then if there's a thing you're doing or an event, then people will attend it because now they know who you are. You know, you've earned their trust and, and, and their attention. Yeah. Well, Jeanette, we're close. We're getting close to the end of our time together, but tell us please how the listener that may be tempted to know more about Jeanette and her work can yes. get in touch with you. That's your sure. website and so forth. Sure. So uh, my website is excellencepresence.com and um, my email is Jeanette at excellencepresence.com and that's J-E-A-N-E-T-T-E at excellencepresence.com. And um, I would be happy to chat with anyone who's interested in looking for a publicist, public relations support, branding support, marketing support, social media support, it's all <laughs> tied together. And, um, and, if, uh, and if someone is looking for support and I'm not the person who they would, um, you know, they want to tap for help, I just, the advice I could give is that I think everyone should find someone who they feel they can trust and work with because uh, uncovering whatever the selling point is, the moment of working together, a partnership, there are moments of uh, vulnerability and sharing and helping you uncover the essence of what it is you want to, to sell or put out there in the world. And the best thing to do is to work with people you feel good around and feel good working with and can trust that they'll help you get the job done. Yeah. I find that sometimes young people needing support or even not young just anybody that's trying to grow and step up a notch in their business sometimes feels hesitant about calling those in positions that would be good advice givers so you have any uh, suggestion for that person yes I do I think they should be transparent about where they are And the best example I could give you is someone reached out to me recently about an internship and they said, yeah, let's get on Zoom. And I said, send me your resume and um, let me know what you're interested in learning. I want this to be a mutually beneficial relationship. Mm -hmm. It was uh, crickets, no response. And then I finally spoke to this person's friend who I know really well. And they said, you know, she doesn't have a resume. Uh, She's interested. She does a good job at networking. I said, so she should tell me that because Mm. I... I, maybe at the end of an internship, she will have a resume and I can help her position herself so that she's sellable and marketable. I've helped quite a few people find full-time jobs at agencies. And I think just being upfront and like I said, you, you're being vulnerable when you tell someone you don't know how to do something and it's okay. We don't know how to do everything. And once you know that, you know, the judgment, you remove the judgment and it can, it's a partnership, a moment to share. And I think that's important. I think that's great advice, Jeanette. Thank you. It's really hard when you are the little guy trying to move up to admit yes. that you don't know something. Something, right, right. It's, it's the, there's a lot of judgment out there, but it's what, it takes confidence also, right? It took me a long time to build my confidence, a very long time and lots of experiences. I just want to help people not have their bumps in the road be as hard as mine were. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have really built your delightful lady. 
I Thank appreciate you. that you <laughs> chose Second Wind to be on um, and share this good news because there are so many young people out there that need to know it. There's so many middle-aged people that need to know it. There's right. so many people that there's, there's so much out there for everybody, but yes. sometimes we, we hold back yes. and uh, your, your talk today has just been great. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I've, I've been inspired by you today as well and listening to your other podcasts. So I'm really happy to be here as well. Oh, thank you, Jeanette. Uh, so I am so grateful that there are people like Jeanette who want to come on Second Wind, who want to share this message, all for your growth. It's all for your growth. We want no woman, no man to be left behind. It's very important to me as I have transitioned through my different uh, <laughs> stages in life. Um, it's so important to share with everybody. So if you know somebody that's struggling with their life, introduce them to the second wind and share the podcast so that they can begin to take control of their confidence, build their futures for tomorrow and get their second wind. Thank you for being here today. It's always a pleasure to have you here. Have a great week.